Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Ballin' Out Mark's Time. The Siren Song of Karl Marx. Yep, it's another episode <laughs> of The Leader, the Chinese Karl Marx anime that is so accurate, it's like looking into a mirror that goes back in time. Uh, we are here with a very special guest today. No Katie, as she is under the whip and chain of the capitalist class, snapping at her heels, forcing her into a dungeon of labor. But we do have a very special guest, the one and only Do Not Eat. Hi, how you doing? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> It's all sixes and sevens over here, my friend. <laughs> Having a great a day recording Mark's podcasts. How's everything over there? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I just watched the Karl Marx television show. So, oh, us uh, too. Wow. <laughs> what? What a coincidence. You bro- Oh, you- okay. I got you back. You broke up there for a second. Oh, okay. I thought it was just a thing where I say something and people don't know what to do with me. That happens all the time. But yeah, you did you like it? Uh, it was it it was interesting. Um, it was um, definitely uh, definitely a um, it was an anime about Karl Marx. I can say that much. (laughs) It definitely is. It for sure is. What if we told you this was actually one of the best episodes of the Karl Marx animated Yeah, day? if not is the this... best one we've watched so far. Okay, okay, well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I was... Uh... <laughs> it is good. It's good. Do you want me to close the window? Yeah, yeah. I'm close the window, all right. Um, okay, well, you're, you're, um, you're calling in from... Is it, where's your city? Philadelphia? Yes, I'm calling in from Philadelphia today, rather than being there in the studio like last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah here in the new anime room. I actually moved since the last time you were here, so oh, now we're you- in the uh, anime room Z. Yeah, it's to eventually be followed by anime room GT, which will not be a canon anime room. Yeah, no, we'll, that- we'll probably have to like zoom past that and pretend it never happened <laughs> until you get to anime room super what, 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 but, what, is the, what does the gt stand for good, good questions uh, uh yeah okay. it's good times I, or uh it's actually like grand tour it is yeah, it's grand, grand touring yeah but i don't usually associate a room with moving let alone well touring. you will for this one because <laughs> <laughs> jeremy will be living in a van <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i just watched um i for whatever reason like my youtube recommendations have been like weirdly skateboarding related lately yeah and i just they watched, know you're uh, a cool 16 year old yeah they know <laughs> with a full head of hair <laughs> uh but they uh recommended uh you remember wee man from jackass yeah he's got like a Wait, new is that the wee one <laughs> it is <laughs> He's got like a new podcast, and uh, the bit is that he lives in a van now. 
So every episode's in like a different location. That doesn't sound like a podcast bit. That sounds like a sad reality that Wee Man is living in. He says it's in the different location. It's all in the same location, in the van. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a really spot-on analysis, and mm-hmm. we're looking forward for you, you to use that analysis on the life and times of Karl Marx later. Don't worry, I took notes. <laughs> That's good. Jeremy took our notes. How, how did yours turn out? Strong? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I oh, wrote, you took more than I did. Yeah, my last note is Marx is fucking old now. Yeah, he's fucking old. You know what? We'll get. We, we don't yeah, want to we'll spoil get to that. that yet. Though. That's in the. That's we in the back fill nine. Some time first. We gotta, yeah, we gotta kill some time. So what? What's been going on with you, Justin? What are you up to? Uh what do you think? What have I been up to? Um, so I went. Uh, I I got another episode out uh, about public housing part two. That's about nice. an hour. You can find that on the YouTube's. Um, what else have I been doing? I, I I talked to um just last weekend I talked to the uh, Kingston Tenants Union in Kingston New York they're going to be the second city in New York State to adopt a rent control it looks like so that's very oh, exciting wow. for them. Do you find your work in revolutionary uh, uh, media mirrors that of Karl Marx? I am not that much of a perfectionist. I'm kind of like, all right, we'll slap it together and put it up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That part is different. I mean, he goes for his Patreon would really suffer if he took 20 years to put out another video. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> I was telling Jeremy off mic before this started that every time we watch this show, I feel better about having no money because we watch Karl Marx and it's like, see, look at him. His children are dying. <laughs> we love him for it. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he puts a whole good spin on that. Uh, but, I don't know, we've been, I've been trying to milk our guests for these, for any, like, juicy goss they have on Karl Marx, but no one really has any. I think because he's a historical figure who died 200 years ago, but, um... I don't know. You you know any juicy Karl Marx facts that maybe aren't covered in the show? I believe uh, his famous last words were, I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> really? <laughs> I had never heard that. Wow. That is damn Add it. another one to the Clinton kill list. Uh, body, <laughs> body count. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard he was in contact with Julian Assange, actually. I heard one of Epstein's bodyguards was Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> he did not actually work there. Yeah, you know, they say that Karl Marx died of old age and sickness, but actually I heard he suicided with two gunshots to the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be a really funny uh, twist for the QAnon thing, right? If, like, they start, instead of, like, JFK Jr., they all think it's, like, the ghost of Karl Marx. <laughs> or, like, Karl Marx never hate. died. <laughs> that would be cool. Well, because, you know, because um, the, the, the recent, like, wrinkle in the QAnon story is that, like, uh, 8chan uh, got shut down and that was where he was posting from and so now nobody can really verify who QAnon is anymore because like his old he had like a trip code on that site 
and now that site doesn't exist. So now there's all these people on 4chan who are like, I'm QAnon, and this is my new Q post. <laughs> and everyone's like, maybe. <laughs> new Q post coming, everyone. <laughs> like and subscribe, QTs. <laughs> What's the difference oh, between 4chan God. and 8chan? Uh, well, it's double. Twice yeah, as many chan. Twice yeah. as much a chan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think a no, chan was structured in such a way. I think that you could make your own uh, uh, little like sub chan doohickeys, mm-hmm. which you cannot do on four chan. That's what I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, at least there. there's like a ton more sub chans, which I don't think is what they're called, but we'll just call them. That. <laughs> all, I, all I know, all I know is there is a one chan, which is entirely about trains. What? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's real. Yeah, there's one chan. One chan is all about trains. You think it'd at least be about mono chans? What? Like monorails? No, yeah, that's 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 what it says. On, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you load says, up the website. Jeremy, don't shake your head at my idea. It's what it says. Mm-hmm. Do monorails fold under the train umbrella, or are they different? No, I definitely say that. Uh, yeah, monorails are a kind of train. Okay, cool. There's many <laughs> cars right. linked together to form one train. I'm still learning. I'm like that little orphan boy at the library, and you're Karl Marx explaining train well, theory. When they did the whole, they did they did the whole long shit that didn't happen sequence. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's not what they called it, but I understand. What yeah, you're no, but about. well, I think in the in the script that was maybe like the uh, cut to shit that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, they had this whole scene where Carl's just plowing that maid that didn't make the final cut. Yeah, they had to cut that one out. It was in the uh, the uh, intermittent twenty years between uh, him deciding to write Capital and then him being an old fuck. Damn, dude, I'm. This just makes me want to talk about the episode, but how do yeah, they yeah, afford yeah. that maid? Unbelievable. I don't know, but uh, to to kill a little bit more time, we could keep we could keep talking about QAnon. We simply must, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like I I I'm in all these like QAnon Facebook groups because they're mm. very funny, and there's this they're one funny. this is one I've told you about before with the guy Stephen Kelly, whose uh, user handle on YouTube is Truth Cat Radio, uh-huh. because his brand is uh, I'm a truth teller and I have a cat. Yeah, that's a good brand. And he's distinct from all the other Q guys because he also has pet birds, which you think would be a problem with his pet cat. I would. Uh, but you can hear the birds chirping in the background of all of his little uh, communiques. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like watching him these past couple days since uh, Epstein died has been like absolutely incredible because now like the new thing is like in order to make it so that Trump uh, is still the good guy, uh, they have to somehow believe now that Epstein was never real. What? Yeah, the new QAnon thing is that Epstein was never real, and if you go back through the Q posts, you can see that he's been telling us all along. Wait, so who was he if he wasn't real? He's like a figurehead for the global, you know, uh, pedophile underbelly. Yeah, he's a figure. So he's just the idea of a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even a different guy. He's he's a construct. He's a yeah. He's a composite character that portrays an essential truth. Oh, this goes the specter is haunting the elites of America. The specter of pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes, dude. We're gonna get so many specter jokes in by the end of this three episode arc we're oh, doing today. Man. How do we? 
Because we had a whole thing about the <laughs> Babadook was a specter. Right, 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 yeah. right. Uh, we should uh, get David Spector on the show. We should. Or we could not. Justin, you know David Spector. He was on your episode. <laughs> yeah, he replaced oh, yes, me right. for that yes. one. Yeah, he was one of the two Davids we had on that one. <laughs> An unacceptable amount of Davids. This is like <laughs> what Marx was saying in the episode, that the bourgeoisie tells us we have too many Davids, and we know we simply don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> should we do, uh, should we do a segment? We should do a segment. Oh, we gotta fill a bunch of time, though. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, this is a pretty long article that I've pulled up for us. So, uh, we're gonna move on to anime news. Anime news! Uh, and Justin, for you, uh, for your understanding, we found a, a dating site called AnimeMatch.com, a dating site for anime lovers... And uh, they have a subsection called Anime News, where seemingly the same guy over the course of about two to three months has posted a ton of little blog posts that are very tangentially anime-related. He really thought AnimeMatch.com was going to take off as a media website, I think. I think it's a lot of... A lot of eggs in the anime <laughs> match basket, if you know what I mean. But yeah, so this is the kind of article that is uh, uh, put under the umbrella of anime news. Title of article, Eight Solid Reasons. Why do guys like boobs? Amazing. Also, there is a picture below why do guys like boobs that, so you guessed it, some honking boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, boobs How- are a feature of anime. They're a feature of so, anime, and they're yes. a feature in the life of guys. <laughs> how we're, we're doing all our booby coverage without Katie. I feel like that's disrespectful, but it's just how it's working out. Um, before we move on, I just would like to point out that the way this is titled is already... <laughs> eight solid reasons. It's not eight solid reasons guys like boobs. Eight solid reasons, no question mark, why do guys like boobs? <laughs> <laughs> Written by the human admin of AnimeMatch.com. <laughs> I had an English teacher once who told us that you can break down any book by its first sentence and you should always read it twice, and that has been true for all of these articles. So let's see how this starts. Okay. Without a doubt, this is one of the biggest mysteries of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Uh, uh. No, really. Why do guys like boobs so much? Uh, Why is it? There are countless theories out there that range from scientifically proven to all-out ridiculous. Remember those cheesy movies where the girls are forced to point to their eyes and say something like, Hey, I'm up here. Yeah, that is cheesy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, even though it's not funny anymore... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very very critical angle to start with even though it's not funny anymore <laughs> the fellas are indeed infatuated by boobs <laughs> now this quote abnormal attention is very much appreciated by the ladies which is why it's all good <laughs> <laughs> the point <laughs> point of this why do guys like boobs post is to try to figure out the physical and mental reasons for this obsession don't worry 
We won't get overly scientific. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried you're going to get too scientific. That was my number one concern. Uh, I just want to know why my life is like this, why I'm, uh, why I love boobs, and it, and every day I wake up and I just crave boobs, and it's all about boobs I, for me. I I was seriously worried I wouldn't be technical enough to understand this article, so I'm glad. <laughs> uh, interesting fact: human females. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, it's going to start scientific. You have to work down from there. Interesting fact. Human females are the only creatures on planet Earth that grow their boobs with maturity. That can't be that right. That can't be right. That 100. There's no so way. you're telling me under this theory if you're a kangaroo and you pop out of your mother, you have fully developed kangaroo tatties <laughs> as a baby and the rest of you has to grow and get bigger, but you got a rock and set on you start to finish. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> for all mammals and just no one's noticed but mrandimematch.com. <laughs> Why is that exactly? <laughs> Believe it or not, the doctors, scientists, and historians haven't come up with an answer yet. <laughs> it's the greatest question of our time. This guy's going to get published in Nature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go right ahead and talk about the things we do know. Number one, they are mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> How are all of these articles so good? It is crazy. They all outdo each other. It's a perfect, perfect publication. From a physical point of view, a woman's breasts are very beautiful. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't even make any of them. No matter the size, the shape, or the color, it's what makes a lady look incredibly feminine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Some experts claim that boobs make the boys and men think that the opposite sex is very fragile, in parentheses, which is true. <laughs> and thus, certain mechanisms kick in, forcing them to like women even more. But does it really have to do with that? We'll probably never know. <laughs> Scientists question if milkshakes really do bring boys to your yard. <laughs> it turns out they're better than yours. Number okay. two, a woman's chest makes a man's imagination go wild. That's true, it does. My imagination. You know, I heard the book Aragon was written while looking at a titty. <laughs> <laughs> You mean the uh, the Alex Patak biography? No, actually, it's a completely unrelated book about a dragon who's not like a human man at all. <laughs> about a dragon doesn't look really like anybody. It's no secret that the right piece of clothing can turn a man on even stronger than a completely nude body. <laughs> <laughs> we, the humans, are very curious and inquisitive creatures. It helps us survive in the harsh world and find new shelter, food, and make new acquaintances. And a woman's chest looks incredibly sexy and mysterious when hiding behind a dress, a bra, or anything else. That's true. That's science. Scientists often say this. <laughs> Especially lady scientists. They say it, and then they're like, I live it. I say it, and I live it. Oh, fantastic closing sentence for this paragraph. The ladies sure do know how to pick a naughty piece of lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they do know. They know. This is getting even and better. And we know. Number three, boobs move in a very sophisticated manner. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? It's a, <laughs> they, they oscillate in a way that is beyond the male mind. The sight of moving breasts. Like when a girl is busy running on the treadmill. <laughs> ah, yes. The motion of the boob, the breast, the melon, the coconut, the passion fruit, if you will. The sight of moving breasts is very captivating for any grown human male. <laughs> Don't like that queer erasure, but okay. And literally anyone. They can stand there for hours trying to figure out the exact pattern that the boobs follow in their movement. <laughs> I, I've never stood there for hours. I've never thought about the pattern of their movement. Oh, well, I've, d- I've done it. I think all fellows do it, actually. It's funny, you, you two like, must have something wrong those, with you that you haven't done it. You gotta use one of those motion tracker bodysuits. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking. Uh, We're gonna get to from... the bottom of this. <laughs> you know yeah, you the... gotta get uh, Andy Circus yeah, into like uh, it's like a fat lady suit, so he has some swinging boobs. The boobs in Lord of the Rings were played by Andy Circus. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is, for the ladies, this is funny at best, <laughs> but for the fellas, it has an enchanting effect. Again, the phenomenon is very often being used in the movies and is a cliche. What f- what is being used in the movies? <laughs> the, what the are phenomenon you talking about? Is. That was a poorly uh, constructed four. sentence. <laughs> Flawless. Uh, number four, they feel amazing <laughs> against a guy's body. <laughs> I just want to point out, even before they get to number four, there's a subtitle above it. Why do guys like boobs? Learning more interesting facts. <laughs> so this this one's uh, a fact that that gets added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They feel great against a man's body. You can tell people this at bar trivia. <laughs> I got a fact for you. <laughs> Boobies feel great against a man's body. <laughs> Yeah, you're at bar trivia and like in between some like piece of Simpsons trivia and like a football trivia, they're like, question four, how do a woman's boobies feel against a man's body? (laughs) Does anyone need that repeated? You're just the one guy like, this is why you have me on the team because I know about this. I'm a booby scientist. I know all about how they move. (laughs) Okay, they feel amazing against the guy's body. The ladies really love to put their heads on a masculine man's chest when they're sleeping. The fellas like to do the same. (laughs) It's tiny physical sensations like this, all those little intimate things that help a couple get closer and strengthen the connection to each other. Going back to the topic of why do guys like boobs, the answer is simple. They just feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Like the like the actual list he's coming up with isn't that funny, but the uh, the pretext he's assembled for you that science is baffled at this yeah. and has been for millennia, but he's cracked it for these reasons is some of the best writing I've ever come across. Number five, people always want what they don't have. Huh. Now, huh. while most men feel very comfortable inside their own bodies. 
It's only human to want things we don't have. That's true. Women know that very well, and that's exactly why they pick revealing and sexy clothes like we mentioned earlier. They love the effect their boobs have on men and are quick to accentuate their advantages in regular life and in business meetings. the big business Jesus outing. Christ. <laughs> it might sound silly and childish, but hey, the world keeps spinning, doesn't it? <laughs> This is unfucking believable. I yeah. can't believe that this paragraph wasn't him just saying, women know that very well. They all want a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Number six, a woman's breasts are very maternal. Numerous big-time experts in this field. <laughs> Donald Trump wrote this article. Numerous big-time experts in this field like to claim that the obsession with boobs has a lot to do with breastfeeding at an early stage of life. They say that it leaves a strong imprint on a man's subconscious and leads to an infatuation with this part of the female body at a later stage. However, these people can't really explain why the girls don't feel the same way. Parentheses, except for the gay women, of course. <laughs> Shout out to gay women. <laughs> Thanks for going on Anime Match and reading the boob articles. <laughs> <laughs> you do exist, unlike gay men, who we've proven are not real. Number seven, and this is possibly the best one, boobs are trendy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn hipsters and their boobs. <laughs> Yeah, Bushwick's changed since all the boobs started showing up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as ridiculous as it might sound, marketing is a very powerful thing. And since the ancient times, people have been making money on the beauty of a woman's body. Yeah. That's exactly why even 10-year-old boys, kids practically, are talking about boobs at school and think that it's cool. It is cool. It's cool to talk about, and it's cool to make money off of. (laughs) Objectification is not really a good thing, though. Not every single girl out there likes when the opposite sex treats her like an object. End of paragraph. As it turns out. <laughs> There's another article on that for sure coming out. Yeah, examples of men making w- money off of women's breasts. Just the man show. Adam Carolla <laughs> making stacks of that cash off those sweet mammer jammers. <laughs> and number eight. No, no reason. reason. <laughs> Why do guys uh, like boobs? Why do they? Yeah. No person out there can give you a 100% true answer, which is why no reason seems to be the most accurate thing to say. Doctors hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I, I, all those things we discussed today are still quite important in helping us understand the very nature of this fixation. But at the end of the day, it's just the nature of things, and you can't really go against Mother Nature. <laughs> you can't go... End of article. Is that... Nope. Exclamation point at the end. So it's, you can't go against Mother Nature. <laughs> oh, I hope this all picked up, because I know you have troubles when you switch. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, okay, great. Um... Wow. Well, I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> what, what, was, what was the anime connection? 
There, well, there's boobs in anime, Justin. Yes. All right. Well, that works. That's the main. That's the main connection. Uh, In a way, boobs are like a train that supply the baby with milk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I, I I can't see any flaws with that. Yeah, um, uh. I'll, I'll I'll include that in a video at some point, probably. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for our collaborative medium post. Eight reasons why boobs are trains. <laughs> choo choo, no reason, <laughs> no reason. <laughs> they just are. They're trains. Yeah, Scientists see, I'll, don't I'll understand. have to remember this article when I go on Jeopardy, and uh, Alex, Alex Trebek reveals the category boobs. This will be very useful. Mamma mia. Uh, all right, should we uh, get into this uh, this propaganda we watched? Set off the marks. Episode five. How are we? How are we entering these? Episode five of the leader. Yeah, good job. The enduring masterpiece. Das Kapital. To be clear, I made Jeremy take notes so that I could eat a donut, and he did a very good job. But I how did. does it feel? How does it feel taking Mark's notes? Oh, it feels great. Um, There's a lot of little characters, aren't there, and dates. And yeah, names. no, I didn't write any of them down. Yeah. No, you can't. Uh, the only names I have are Mark's and Edgar. Those are the same two na- names I have in my notes, so... <laughs> Seems like we didn't miss anything then. I'm glad we all watched the same episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so this episode opens with like a little bit of an overview of what's kind of going on in Marx's life. He's been kicked out of France again, and now he's in England. And uh, uh, Jolly Old! He's in Jolly Old, hanging out with friend of the show, Ollie Thorne. He's uh, being initiated into the Peaky Blinders. (laughs) I, I enjoyed, like, is I saw something that infuriated me within the first second of the episode. Oh, yeah, what's that? Because Go he was off. clearly taking a, uh Olympic-class ocean liner over to England. Yeah, what yes. the fuck was that? Yeah, I yeah, that's, that the fucking, that's the Titanic right there, yeah. yeah. Built 1912. <laughs> it's about 1849 in the series. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's going to be anachronisms here. I'm going to write all of these down. <laughs> Amazing. And I did. <laughs> Even if even if it was time appropriate for him to have been on an Olympic class ship, it's absolutely absurd to think that that many people were making that short of a trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like I, you probably don't need. It, but Marx is poor as hell and taking this ultra luxury liner uh, well, he across could just ride... the English Channel. <laughs> yeah, a, a luxury liner that was like known in its day to have been like absolutely opulent, to have been like way too fancy. Like the whole selling point of the Titanic was like this shit's way too fancy. You can't afford this. <laughs> I thought the whole point is you just make people ride Irish style and like with <laughs> with the gears and equipment, and then then they pay like a shilling or whatever. Yeah, they call what that happened. Irish style. They call it Irish style. Mark couldn't ride Irish style <laughs> because he has he has potatoes later on. Yes, yes, he does, I'm, and he wishes I'm he had sorry. more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that reminds me a bit of like in um, I, we talked about Austin Powers in the last episode, but it's kind of like how Austin Powers flies around in like a seven forty seven. Yeah, this show has a lot of similarities with the Austin Powers franchise, and that will come up again. Yeah. 
so we open. We're back with Marks. He's in his house. Uh, they're giving us all sorts of indicators that he's poor now. His kid is like, I got potatoes. And he's like, that's great because potatoes are delicious. They're fucking great. We love potatoes in this family, don't we? And his kids are like, yes, we yes, do. We're a starch family, they we, say. We simply love potatoes. We love potatoes. And the men love boobs, although they can't explain why. <laughs> <laughs> Eight reasons why men are infatuated with potatoes. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with riding Irish style. <laughs> Maybe it's just in their blood. Uh, the other big thing uh, opening up is that Karl Marx now has a beard. Um, Justin, you haven't been with us for the other episodes, but he has been a baby-faced young strapping lad before this. Hmm. Yeah, he's been well. a that Marx over there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad he's got the beard. I wouldn't have recognized him otherwise. Yeah, no, it's he looks like. Um, uh, did you watch Gundam Wing? No, I did not. Okay, well, he looks like Trace Kushinada before this. <laughs> yeah, he's very handsome and uh, definitely nothing like he actually looked. Which comes up later in this episode when they're talking about how sick he's getting as he gets older, and then he still looks good. And it's like, yeah. oh, so you're just. You're not going to show us when he has boils all over his entire body. Yeah, well, they gave him, like, some gaunt cheeks under his beard. Yeah, it looked like he was slimming down for a roll. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of getting fatter with pneumonia. Um, but yeah, so they're they're telling us about how poor he is. He he comes in and tells Jenny that he uh, he had to pawn his coat. Yeah, uh, he's so damn poor. How poor is he? He's so poor he had to pawn his damn coat. Yes, uh, and also his son Edgar is sick in bed, and uh, he and, calls uh, him Moosh. His, yeah, he calls him his little yeah. fly. And that part really resonated with me because at one point I was a wee lad, and so to see Carl in such a fatherly mm. uh, role really humanized him as a great leader for yes, me. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, so this is where kind of like the first like uh, uh, big emotional turn of the episode is happening because the the landlady comes in and she's like, Carl Marx, you are late on rent again. The entire first chunk of this episode is just a Christmas story. <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that the Communist Party of China remained on brand with this one and uh, really did not have a sympathetic depiction of landlords. No. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. As a matter of fact, it had the best depiction of landlords and capitalists out of any episode in the entire series later. Yeah. But yeah, way to stay on note. Yeah, they make the, yeah. the landlady looks like um like the witch from Spirited Away. She's a bad <laughs> landlady. They say that our boy is dying of vague eighteen hundreds plague and she says, I don't care about that shit. I'm buying a motherfucking Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the landlady. I'm a vampire. Suck my dick. Uh, but yeah, so she's unwilling to hear uh, the you know the the sob story that little Edgar is sick and dying of like typhus or something like that. And uh, she you know she's like, you got to give me the fucking rent, my dude. I saw you at the pawn shop. Where's that fucking coat money? I know you have that jewel encrusted gun from last episode. Where is it? Yeah, sell that fucking gun. Dog. <laughs> sell the golden gun you purchased <laughs> using all of your wife's money. Um, and then we have a, anachronism number two because oh. Jenny Marks offers to do 
all the landlady's chores, mm-hmm. including clean her toilets. Now, it's 1849. Uh, toilets weren't commonly installed in buildings until well into the 1870s or 1880s. Fantastic no stuff. No toilets, yeah. chief. Dude, I knew you were going to yeah. have a fucking field day with this. <laughs> yeah, you're knocking out of the park. We were watching this, and they started talking to the landlady, and she starts talking about rent. I was like, he's going to be so stoked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's also a really adorable scene where the kids offer her potatoes as rent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jenny offers to clean her house, and then they have a maid somehow still, even though they have no money. Yeah, that's really confusing to me. Are they are they paying the maid? <laughs> Is she just living with them for free? Here's here's what I'm trying to figure out. When was the Irish potato famine? Ooh, Isn't good 18, question. 1870s through 90s or something? Oh, okay, because I thought maybe those potatoes had been stolen from Irish people. Oh. Yeah. Wow. The tolerant left strikes again. (laughs) Stealing potatoes out of hard-working Irishmen's No, we would, but we would know if if that was the case, because that would be one of those things like how, uh, like, reactionaries will always tell you about how, like, Engels supported Marx, and Marx was a shiftless layabout, you know, and they're like, he, you know, he wants to talk to people about their money when he was, like, dependent (gasps) on his friend. No, no, you were right. Uh, The Great Famine of Ireland, 1845 to 1849, so that's right as this is happening. Oh, damn. Karl Marx, with his greedy little hands, is eating (laughs) Irish potatoes. Driving millions of innocent Catholics to the shores of America. <laughs> That's not it, Chief. So, in conclusion, Marx is canceled. He's canceled. He's canceled. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Using he's, their he's own irreparably logic. canceled. Um, it's but- so important we're doing this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Marx is uh, Marx is eating the blood of Irishmen, and uh, suddenly, uh, who shows up? But his BFF Angles. Yeah, at just at the, in the nick of time. Angles, real Angles. <laughs> angles. Oh God, is that Angles music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Angles shows up, and he's like, "What up, Carl? I hope I'm not too late. I've got money and lots of it." And his landlady is like oh, great, then you can pay this motherfucking rent I'm still on about. And he's like, here, take this fat fucking stack, you old hag. <laughs> Go find a plastic bag, because I'm making it rain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, now that the rent situation is uh, handled, um, Marx goes to check in on Edgar, and he's like, don't worry, we've got money now. I'm going to call a doctor. And uh, uh, Edgar is like, no, don't call a doctor. Buy me a toy. And he's like, okay, I'll do that very bad idea. And then... uh, Well, you are a doctor, child. (laughs) I'll have to take your advice. The kid says he doesn't want medicine and then immediately dies. That's a dumb decision. (laughs) I don't know, champ. Seems like you could have used it. (laughs) But yeah, so the kid dies and then Mark's just like... Like as if he turned like a little little thing on the side of his face to like let the water go. Yeah, he said. Just tears are just like like pouring out of his eyes in a very unhuman way. Yeah, he sets eyes to blast. <laughs> it's, kind it's of like Victorian England, everything is mechanized. 
<laughs> it just seemed very performative, Marks. I don't know. Maybe share some tears with some of the Irishmen you're killing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Marks uh, cries for a little bit. He blames himself for being such a shiftless layabout. And, uh, and and then everybody else is like, actually, it's great you're a shiftless layabout. Yeah. Never stop. <laughs> Never stop earning no money, ever. People say to him, Marx, no, no, don't listen to your dead son. You have to continue making communism for all the other kids. Marx, you need to make an anime podcast. It's the only way. Um, yeah, he, he like immediately gets over it and then talks about how he's going to do things for the people of the world. And it's like, your dead son is still, it's been three minutes. Yeah, you haven't even like <laughs> called a coroner or whatever the old timey version of that would be. Yeah, you're already over it. Um, actually, Justin, do you know anything about how they would have collected this dead body back then? I have no idea. So I'm just going to assume a plague car- cart like at uh, Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I heard that uh, they would just find an Irishman in the streets and then throw the body at them and they'd tear it apart like a day of the dead. <laughs> They're just so hungry. They're so hungry because of Karl Marx specifically. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we cut to some time later and Marx is at the library working on uh, what will become capital, but is now called uh, the, what is it, the economics of uh, something? Economics of poverty, or I don't know. He he had like like five mixtape drafts of this, where it was going to be called critique like... Critique of political economy. Yeah, critique of political yeah. economy. Here's another anachronism. Yes, All right. give it to so me. So he's clearly in the British Museum reading room, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it says many months later... Uh, in the subtitle, uh, you know, after Edgar dies. Edgar died in 1855, so we presume many months later, after 1855 means before 1857, yes. when the British Museum reading room was finished. Ah! Uh, yeah! They think they can get away with these things. <laughs> no, and, and then, and then shortly at, thereafter, they show, in order to indicate what time it is, they show a shot of the Elizabeth Tower, mm. commonly known as Big Ben. Big Ben is the bell, not the tower. Oh. That was finished in 1859. Damn. Oh. Yeah. And Xi Jinping thinks he can just get away with it, too. <laughs> I know, right? Goddamn, I look forward to being disappeared by the Chinese government. <laughs> Yeah, if, you, I mean, if there's ever a knock at the door and they say it's the triads, don't open. It's okay. There's no doorbell uh, to my apartment. They can't get in. Oh, great. Oh, yes. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're in, the, we're in the reading room, and there's a little sick boy out of Dickens, and he knocks over some books by coughing too hard. Uh, and he looks up at Karl Marx, and he's like, please, sir, do not beat me for knocking over these stupid books. Please, your dumb books. <laughs> and Mark says, don't worry, little boy. I've learned empathy uh, since my son died. Uh, and uh, why don't you come over here and just spin a little yarn, you know? Fucking tell me what's going on in your little life. Will you be my only friend <laughs> because I'm fucking unbearable to be around? <laughs> <laughs> 
And then um, the the best part of the whole episode in my book happens. Which... Yeah, well, it's it's coming up. Okay. Because okay. it's uh, right now is when uh, he's like, little boy, tell me about your little life. And the kid's like, oh, my dad. He. This was know, my like, favorite part. Yeah. He, he's, you know, my house is really cold because we don't have any coal, which is wild, you see, because my dad works at the coal mine. He's around coal all the time. Right. You know? And they just and go like, like, wow, ironic. Yeah, it's weird. It's Irony. like how they pay minimum wage to work at the mint. You yeah, know, it's just yeah, a weird so thing. so weird. <laughs> Yeah. Work at the money store. You should have more money. Um, but the kid explains how his dad worked at the coal mine and the, and he mined too good, and they made too much coal. They made too much coal, and it devalued the coal. And so then his dad lost his job. There's like a six year old explaining. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Marx is like, you see, actually, what happened is that uh, your dad's boss fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. Marx owns yeah. his dad's boss, which is funny because you know this kid goes home and then immediately gets beaten to a pulp <laughs> explaining this to his dad. But uh, and I that know, we, we and that child him. was Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> we do see him later at Marx's house, which does lead me to believe that he did go he home to, and like tell his dad out. about capitalism. His dad's like, don't be coming in here with that fucking book shit. <laughs> I mine coal, okay? Don't I got coal in my goddamn ears. I'm trying to eat coal at this house. And here's the, but it was just so good because this whole the whole series has these subtle tweaks of propaganda to it where like Marx is hot and he always has good ideas and everybody likes him. But this little boy who is not old enough to even like be in like middle school yet comes up to him and his intro- us introducing uh, this character is the little boy going, Dear Sir Papa Marx, could you explain the labor of surplus value to me? <laughs> and he goes, why, well, yes, I have a whole theory. Do you have any uh, thoughts on alienation in the workplace? I do. <laughs> the thing is that like, this isn't a dramatization of the life of Karl Marx. This is like just a straight-up Wikipedia article with some voice acting. <laughs> like Most of this show is just like expository dialogue with the occasional bout of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> the bout of the, I, I, the watching the characters in any show take a long laugh is always funny to me. <laughs> they laugh, so you know you're supposed to laugh. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, he, he explains capitalism to the kid, and the kid is like, boy, that fucking sucks. I'm going to go home and tell my dad about how much it sucks. And uh, then he leaves. And uh, I, I like the part, like, right as he's leaving, where Marx is like, well, I wish you had some more time to read so you could read my book, yeah. <laughs> Critique of Political Economy. And the kid's like, boy, howdy, do I wish I could read. <laughs> <laughs> Buy the book. <laughs> Buy the book. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so then we, uh, we cut to some time later. We're back at uh, Marx's new fancy house that he's got with that fucking Angles money. He's got that Angles money, yeah. dog. Yeah. Anglesfire.com. And, uh, and we find out that the kid has now become his replacement son. He's <laughs> 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 just straight up living at the house. Yeah. All of the children seem the same age somehow. He has two daughters that are just like cut copies of each other. <laughs> yeah. And the best part is that, like, uh, this is the scene that they use to tell us that, like, replacement son fucking rules because they're like, they're like, what, what should we read to you guys uh, before you go to bed? And one of them's like Shakespeare, and the other one's like another work of fiction. And then he's like, read us Capital, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about looms and how much wool it would take to make a sweater. <laughs> Over five thousand words, no less. <laughs> 
Um, oh, and so then uh, what's happening? He's talking to Engels. They're writing back and forth about like somebody who died or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, they're I couldn't figure about, out who it was. It was Wolf, a dear comrade and family man who lent them a bunch of money, although they will miss him. And then Marx has to tell Engels that their dear comrade Wolf has passed, and it makes him very sad. This is another great scene, great scene in the Karl Marx propaganda show where they're like, it is a biography, so we should tell you when important people in his life die, but also we're not going to cover it because we have seven episodes, and there's <laughs> frankly no time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Wolf was from Star Fox 64. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, Wolf from Star yeah. Fox 64. Yeah, yeah we all yeah. know... Uh, we all know Wolf from his famous line, can't let you do that, Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> Andros has ordered us to take you down. I thought it really <laughs> broke the narrative when they inserted Wolf into Super Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a, I don't know why they, why didn't they put Marx in? That's what German, I want to know. Right, oh, you have wow. Marx right there. Did you remember that game... Uh, <sighs> It was called like Mugen or something like that. It was like just some weird engine that was like a crappy fighting game, but you could like import any character from any fighting game into it. Like no matter what the rules were, their moveset was, like you could just import them into the game. Do either of you guys remember this? No, this is a dream you had. No, it's a real game. It's like a <laughs> shitty like open source project from like maybe the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Uh, but it would be really funny if you could do like Ryu versus Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, write in if you fucking remember that game so I don't feel like I'm completely insane. Um, what else? What happened? What so else? they're, what they're, else? they're what writing else? back and forth. They're talking about how Marx is such a goddamn perfectionist all the damn time. Yeah, and that's why he's missing deadlines, not because he's a shiftless layabout. No, it's not that. Yeah. And it's not that he's not sleeping and muttering about surplus value in his <laughs> dreams and that his whole family is concerned for his health. Yeah. Uh, but then they uh, they're like you're you're too goddamn much of a perfectionist. You gotta name the book, and he's like, oh, my fucking mother-in-law was telling me that I should make some capital instead of writing about capital. So what if we call it my bitch mother-in-law? And he's like, what if we call it capital? He's like, all right, that works too. That sounds good. It it did really remind me of. Uh, I don't think this will come across as shitty, but I'm helping uh, the IWW do a fundraiser comedy show. And they insisted they had to vote on the name. Like, they just brought that up and then disappeared for a week and came back. And I was like, okay, I don't really care. And so they came back a week later. And they are like, we voted. We're going to call it IWW Comedy Fundraiser Show. (laughs) 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 The people have spoken. And we chose no name. (laughs) They have so many good options, too. It's, a, it's not important You could do black, black Cat Comedy, but that's already the name of a comedy club. But you could do Black Cat Comedy. That totally works. There's you a million could do, options. You could like, Wablol. <laughs> it's not so much a story about the IWW as it is a story about people who don't run comedy shows <laughs> thinking really hard about unimportant stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, uh, they named the book Capital uh, after Marx's fucking mother-in-law. Uh, and uh, then uh, he's like, you know what? Uh, fuck it, dude. We're gonna publish volume one, and uh, then after that, it cuts to twenty years later when he does. <laughs> all right, it, all, it also says at one point there's like uh, one year later, Marx is writing to Engels. He's like, I uh, I couldn't I I couldn't finish the draft because I was uh, 
starting uh, starting a first international, and I had to debate Proudhon, and I had and I was sick, and but basically he, he couldn't finish because he was too he, too busy posting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wasted a whole year posting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been telling Anderson Cooper he's a cuck online all day. <laughs> Truly, whom amongst us, you know? <laughs> it is An- Anderson Cooper's great great grandfather, uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt? Yes. Oh, the New York Tribune stopped accepting his posts. That's another important plot point. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He has less money because the Washington Post said he's declared the media an enemy. Yeah, and see, this is is why we need that uh, executive order uh, regarding the internet. You know, like, we can't be just censoring views like this. Yes. I mean, what is this? Communism, come on. I know, it is. They make points like that in this show, and it's so strange because you're watching the state-funded Karl Marx biography. <laughs> it's not like they're like really writing anything that far out yeah. there to contradict themselves like that. Um, oh, and this is my favorite part of the episode because during the cut to 20 years later... Uh, we get the most amazing, like, finally, after fucking five episodes, we finally get some goddamn anime shit. Yeah, this was good. And they do, like, a fun little cutscene of a capitalist vampire's castle. And it rules. It's so good. Yeah, the, the vampire is capital, it turns out, and it sucks the blood of labor. And also, it literally does that and is a vampire. Yeah, and he does, like, a whole fun little monologue where he's like, welcome to my castle. <laughs> everyone's like, damn, dude, that's a fuck up Cassie's like I know <laughs> well, good, good to see that uh, Mark Fisher has made it into the official canon of uh, the Communist Party of China I was thinking that too yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and yeah, so then the, the cutscene ends, and now Marx is fucking old. He's super old. He looks like what you think Karl Marx looks like, unlike the other Karl Marx that looks like Trace Kushinata. That's true, but he still looks good. He looks better than any picture of Karl yeah, Marx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even when he's supposed to be old and sick, he's not fat. Mm-hmm. He's still wispy, which is not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't they, have uh, that Bart Simpson ass shape that we all know and love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they uh, they say that he's sick now and he's got boils and whatever, but like unimportant. <laughs> Look at him; he looks like Karl Marx. He's still daddy. <laughs> he's never worked his entire life. It fucking rules. <laughs> he's only <laughs> he's only killed children. That's his entire yeah. job, dude. It is pretty crazy that like the 1800s version of being a Patreon grifter is like just having a rich friend. (laughs) (laughs) It's also the 2019 version of being a Patreon grifter. (laughs) It's funny you say that. (laughs) He has has one Patreon and it's it's angles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the thousand dollar tier, you can meet my kids. Dude, you know there's somebody out there that would do that for, like, Chapo or whatever. Oh, they definitely would. They just want to be a live-in butler for Felix Biederman. For $1,000 a month, I will call you my friend to your face. The oldie trapped house of Chapo. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's the... Uh, that's the episode. That's pretty much it. It's very vampire-heavy for a bit, and then it drops off. But yeah. 
he finishes DOS Capital yeah. 20 years later, and they say, that's it, DOS Capital, the book all working people have read. Yeah, 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 and they call it the working class Bible. <laughs> Every Everybody in a union you know has personally read DOS Capital, and they thought it was a lot of fun. They, thought, they say better than Dan Brown. Yeah. Everyone says it. Everyone says it. So, out of one communist star. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I know that it, we're kind of on a roll here, but I'm going to give it a full communist star. Wow, me too. The best episode yet. Yeah. Um, certainly love it. Uh, you know, China, mwah, Italian mm. finger kisses. Mwah, you know? you uh, knocked it out of the park. Do, yeah, do, Justin, what do you think? Do I only get, do I only get one star to give it? Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, okay. I'll give it the star, then. <laughs> it's, a, it's an authoritarian state. <laughs> yeah, you can either what am give I gonna it one star it? or be disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this. I'm thinking, Tiananmen, where? <laughs> <laughs> we all know nothing's going on in Hong Kong, so, uh, you know. Yes. yes. Absolutely nothing to yeah. see there. Definitely the best yeah. time to watch the Karl Marx state anime. <laughs> Well, another perfect episode. Another perfect episode. Justin, you got anything to plug? Do you do you think uh, do you think in China, like they're you know all the kids are in class and the teacher wheels in the television? Yes, on we've, the little said cart. we've said this yes. before. Yes, and that's definitely exactly what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> the teacher went out drinking and they have to put on something and it's the Karl Marx anime. <laughs> it encourages the children to get a gun. Last episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show rules yeah I like it this one was a lot better than the last one um, anyway Justin you got anything to plug before we uh, sign off here uh, let me think anything to plug right now uh, just uh, you know watch my YouTube it's at do not eat zero one uh, and I have a Patreon if, if you like to give me money should you choose um, and then I, I have a, I have a Twitter that's do not eat zero one <laughs> yeah because someone took do not eat already but that account just tweets pictures of silica gel packets so I can't even get mad about yeah, that it's yeah tight. that's the more effective use of the title even is yours because of yes. uh, subway tokens what. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you uh, don't eat subway tokens? It, yeah, I, they I, said do not eat on them, right? I'm not going to lie. I watch your channel all the time, and I'm always thinking, what am I not supposed to eat? Well, I don't know either. <laughs> it was just it was just a screen name I came up with when I was 11, and I haven't changed it. It's bad. It's good. It's better than most 11-year-old screen names. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, and that's been another great episode of Ballin' Out Mark's Times. Time. <laughs> See you in the dialectical chambers.